All right, here we go. Welcome to the Woodward's Filmcast with Mitch Abba and Colin Ward. Let's go and make the greatest movie ever! Yeah! All right, camera! What the hell is going on? What a piece of junk! That's really not the case here. This is a great script. Look, here's the mic. Now you talk, toys. Here's your host, Kale Davidoff. <laughs> We're alive. We're alive. Hi, Colin. Hey. How, how you doing, man? I'm all right. It's, it's uh, November 10th as we record this. Two days after election? Colin, okay. I think that I was going to say we were not going to say anything that oh. rhymes with erection. Oops. But we just did. We can say erection, though. Oh, okay. Make America hard again. Yeah. <laughs> we could. No, let's not. We don't need it. We, whatever. I mean, we, we it's, were, it's not who we wanted to win. Well, yeah. Clearly. Well, yeah. You've been listening to the podcast. You people know that. <laughs> um. I, I think if we, we for the purposes of this actual episode, you know, we want to go on and talk about some movies that we've seen, right? Yeah. Yeah. That seems... Have some fun. fun. That seems good. That seems healthy. Strange election, strange movie. Oh, oh, look at that tie-in. Marvel knew what they were doing. <laughs> hey, everyone. Uh, welcome to the Woolworths Film Cast, your Detroit podcast for film, TV, news, and discussion. My name is Kale Davidoff. I'm here as I am every week with my good friend, Colin Ward. Me and Colin, and uh, usually our third member of the podcast, Mitch Haba, get together every week to sit down and discuss a movie that we've seen. Um, this week we are reviewing Marvel's latest, Doctor Strange, starring Benedict Cumberbatch. Um, Mitch is out of town, but we thought we'd go ahead and do this anyways, because... There's a blockbuster movie out there. We should talk about it's it. It's a big movie. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of people have seen it. And I'm sure they're just aching to hear what we have to say about it. Well, can you blame them? We are the Detroit <laughs> Authority on everything film, so and it does qualify as such. The movie. Um, we like to begin every show with some uh, film and TV news and discussion and stuff like that. What's going out there in the world? Not a lot of news. Not that I know of. Uh, that's movie related. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be honest, people. Uh, you know, I think most of the world's been honed in on one thing the last six days, so yeah. it's kind of hard to uh, to really. Um, yeah, if you're Hollywood, you're not going to sneak a big announcement. Yeah, not, into not been this. a lot. Of, yeah. yeah. If you're SNL, you might. Oh. How about this? Tribe Called Quest. That's right. And Dave Chappelle is hosting on Saturday night. That would be one to watch, I think. Do you? Okay, let me. I this was not. This is not on script, but <laughs> you know, is it ever? <laughs> teleprompter is preparation. These things are useless. Um, you, it's never scripted. You're right. Um, do you watch SNL? I mean, do you actually watch it? I mean, you don't have cable, but you obviously NBC is just out there in mm-hmm, the in the mm-hmm, world, mm-hmm. so you can get it. What's What's your SNL take? Well, I have the antenna, right? So I can I could watch it live if I wanted to. Yeah. I don't remember the last time I watched SNL live. Even this election, see, I haven't, which I normally, you know, would, would, before YouTube, I would, you know, tune in for that shit. Mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. Um, no, it's all very next day. And there's always a post like, 
these are the top skits from SNL. These are the worst skits from SNL. Like, here's your clip that you can watch and you don't have to watch a full show. If it's a musical artist I'm interested in, like when mm-hmm. Gaga was doing it, I, I watched her. Yeah, when her, Chance was on it, I yeah. saw that. Yeah, um, but no, I don't remember the last time I watched um, a live episode. Probably when Kirsten Wig was in there was the last time I, I watched a live one. Was that last year or a long time ago? I think it was a long time. I don't, least, I don't even, I can't I think two up. or three years at least. Dude, I can't like, and I used to, not to get on a tangent here, but I used to... Uh, Really, really love SNL. I mean, when I was in high school, it was every Saturday night you watch SNL. I mean, mm-hmm. you tune in at least for the first half hour. It was like you want to see the opening monologue of whoever's hosting and all that stuff. You're, what you're saying is you is it since the clips have been available? That's you know you have no, you literally have no reason to ever watch it. Yeah, well, and I mean, I I don't like also to say that, um, you know, I I when I moved out of my parents' house um, four three four years ago now. And I moved in my own place. I mean, there was not like saying like my parents made me stay home on Saturday nights. But um, well, this is what I'm getting to. But you go. Yeah, go ahead. But like, you know, I've become older and like there's things I can go out and do on Saturday nights now. And since uh, I mean, I can have a life on a Saturday night and like go out to bars. I have the money now to like afford like actually going out on Saturday night. So it's. Not as much of a priority for me to like stay inside and and watch um, a television show that I can watch the next day. Yeah, when I'm and hungover in bed. Right. That, that's why I, because I stopped watching probably in college because I was like, okay, Saturday night it is no longer. I'm sitting in front of the TV. Mm-hmm. It was like go out and do something on Saturday night. Which I wonder if I really wonder if SNL will will one day if the ratings get bad or if they realize they need to change things up. I wonder if it'll be like an eight o'clock show on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, if that if they think that more people will be around to see it. I'm more Live. likely. I'm more likely to not even be there at eight o'clock than I think at eleven thirty. Obviously, I'm not. I'm not trying to sound like uh, I am. A, I'm at. I'm at the club all the time at at, at eleven thirty. But I'm like a late dude. Like I, I don't eat dinner until like nine thirty, and and quite free, frequently on on the weekends, I'm out eating. Well, yeah. So, so why would you be at, like that? Like I'm just like, saying. Like, what I'm, I'm saying. I'm, like if they start at eight o'clock, I'm like that's like dinner time for me to be. Well, yeah. I'm saying that like I um I'm, I'm starting my night. Way after it usually, yeah. Because I just I don't know. I'm yeah. a late guy. Yeah, I'm a nocturnal person. Nocturnal animal, which is really easy in this. Now that daylight savings time has passed, mm-hmm. um, but Dave Chappelle, they're that's they're they're trying to get some people on there, and you're saying it's a must watch. They're they're trying to get people to watch. I should say. Um, you think he's gonna be good? And I love the Chappelle show. I I think so, and I think it'll be a very. Um, you think a good like a, a a charged episode too. I don't know how much some um, political stuff they'll do. I think there'll be a, some undertones to maybe a lot of the sketches. You think you think Alec Baldwin's going to be there? I don't know. I feel like they retired it. Did you watch the? I, did, I feel yeah. like that was like the retirement of it. I wonder if they're going to get someone else on the show as a resident. Well, now Trump. that well now that he's president. Is he going to do it for four years? I that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Oh, I mean, Alec oh. Baldwin's not going to be there every month. Yeah, there's no way. So it'd be interesting. I oh. I, knew, I don't know the cast members, so I don't. I can I'm like, I'm like, like I can sit here and pick someone out to be like that person. Could yeah, do I don't know the middle cast. I mean, Kate McKinnon could probably do that. <laughs> probably could. Seriously, be, probably that would be really be good at it. Too. That would be great. What better um, way to like emasculate him? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, we're not getting political, Colin. <laughs> Sorry. Um. 
Not that there's anything wrong with emasculating anyone. No. <laughs> no, not that there's anything wrong with that. Um, well, so we'll see. I know that my friend saw him. He was at the Fox for like two nights in a row. One, Remember that? That might have been two years ago. D- Chappelle. Oh. <laughs> oh, Donald Trump. <laughs> well, Alec Baldwin. At first, at first I thought it was Donald Trump. I'm like, Sorry, Alec I, I was using pronouns <laughs> that didn't make any sense. Um, but yeah, no, Dave Chappelle was here a, yeah. a little bit ago. Yeah, and yeah. My friends went. I remember there was controversy about this. One night he was like terrible and was like trashing Detroit a little bit. Remember that? No. And then the next night people said it was a lot better. Hmm. But uh, I, my friends went to one that was not good, I think. And also he was here. He was here at DTE too, I think. I don't know. Uh-huh. I, I love Dave Chappelle. I'm hoping it's good. I hope. I hope it doesn't get too out of hand with, you know, again, people are very high strung right now. I, I'd like it to be a little normal. I, mm. I, I, let's, I hope it's just, I want to watch things that make me laugh at this point. Yeah. For now. For now. I mean, there's, there's, there's definitely, we still time. have this, you know, this period of time where there's, like, there's, he's not act, right. the actual president. Right. I know. That's what I'm saying. Right now is the time to be yeah. okay about life. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. That's dramatic. <laughs> uh, moving on to other news. Uh, there's a J.R.R. Tolkien biopic in the works Colin oh uh, called Middle Earth <laughs> that's the title I'm, I think yeah okay I laughed at it I, I look I have seen the first movie I've not read the books I am not not like I'm not a fan I just have not immersed myself in the universe of, of Lord of the Rings mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean I know what Middle Earth is but like you I, I saw that was the title and thought that's kind of silly how does yeah? How does that relate to his life? I mean, I know how it relates to his life, obviously, but <laughs> is it really an appropriate title? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. But you know, okay, well, let's talk about the movie first. Um, it's going to be where am I here? It'll be directed by a gentleman named James Strong, who is his first uh, feature uh, directorial debut. He's done TV. That's what I'm gathering from IMDb. A lot of TV. Okay. Okay. A lot of TV, so he got he, he can definitely direct. Um, do we? I, I I mean I'm guessing I don't know if this is true, and we may could have looked this up before. Do we know what studio is doing it? Is it you know I don't New know Line is, Warner um, Brothers? Let me see. New Line, yeah, yeah. New Line. Okay. Um, so we'll see. You got any hopes for this? Is this something that interests you? I don't know much about his life. Yeah, that's that's what I was thinking. I don't know English dude in the early 19th century, or 20th century. Uh, yeah, I don't know. What type of struggles he might have faced? Um, I'm seeing it's a war. It's like a. It's like a uh, not a war movie. It's a love story. That's what I think the word they're getting at here. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't. I literally don't know anything about him except he wrote so much about Lord of the Rings, like, like stuff that isn't even like, like, remotely like ever going to be made into films. Like, yeah. Just like deep sub Lord of the Rings stuff. Maybe that, I didn't even like, know that he even had a, like an actual life. I yeah, thought that was his life. Then that he was a, a teacher, I think, too. Could be interesting. Um, it is an interesting title, but I, you know, I, there's always these biopic movies always have like the title of the person, you know, mm-hmm. and I it's just like always it's unoriginal to me. Yeah. I, I don't know a way around it. I just. So eye-rolly. Like, Ray is a really eye-rolly title yeah. for Ray Charles' movie. Because it's not like he's Cher. Like, if, if Cher, like, that makes a lot of sense to me. Like, that would, if she, the biopic of Cher, 
that we're going to write together. <laughs> I'm just I'm like getting really excited. Is, is, we're going to call it Share. I mean, there's no other title you would make that. Yeah, what else can you call it? Like, Tolkien would probably be a good, because like, that's a name that's not anything else. Yeah, because yeah, you, oh, well, yeah. <laughs> that sounded nice. Why don't they do that? No, but Middle Earth. That is like, it's like a George Lucas biopic and it's like Tatooine. Yeah. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Why would you do that? But, uh. And then especially since you're telling me it's a love story, it's like, how does Middle Earth, like, is it a play on words? So, like, some type of love? I don't think so. <laughs> Maybe. I, uh, or, or like, you know, the other one is like, if it's about a musician, right? It's always one song. We have one of the song titles, yeah. Walk the Line. Walk the Line, yeah. The Lovely. Have you seen The Lovely with Kevin Klein about Cole Porter? No. I get that one and Beyond the Sea mixed up a lot. Yeah, because they came out at the same time. Yeah. yeah. You should watch The Lovely. I just saw it on TV the other day. I haven't watched it in a long time. That movie is interesting. Like, I really enjoyed watching it. And I love, like, all of Cole, Cole Porter music is, like, yeah. my favorite. It's, like, yeah. my favorite kind of music. I do, too. Um, so, yeah. Huh. Um, other news, Colin? Um, Tom Holland. Well, uh, maybe we should do this. Let's do this before we get into Doctor Strange. Okay. Uh, not a lot of other news, but I want to talk to you about this. I came across a little blog at the star dot com. What? Who? The star <laughs> dot. I don't know what this is. Um, it's it, it's titled because I think you are someone who, like, I feel like you could write this, and I want to get your opinion on it. It's called How to Enjoy a Movie Without Distractions. Oh, yeah. Um, now, this, I don't know. There's some really weird suggestions here. Like, let me let me start with this. Like, Please, yeah. um, consider a little advanced research. And he's saying, um, <laughs> part of his, his argument here is that you should look into the, what the movie is about before you go in there so that if you are distracted, you won't really get lost because you'll kind of know what the movie's about. Valid point? Uh, yes and no. I mean, I like knowing before I go something. But, like, again, some of the best movie experiences I have is when I literally know nothing about the movie. So the the the, the, the example yeah. he gives is this new movie, Loving, com, call, com, coming out. Oh, yes, yeah. Which I'm super excited for, yeah. actually. Like, I don't know why, but it seems like, a, like it's a story that should be told. Mm-hmm. About Loving versus Virginia, uh, interracial marriage going to the Supreme Court. And he's saying you should, you know, look into it a little bit before you go see that movie so that you know more about it. You think it's, that's valid? I think that's I mean, I think it's almost you don't want to do that, especially if it's a true story, because then you're too focused on the actual events that you don't end up seeing on the screen. Spoilers. Yeah. yeah. The spo- spoilers, too. And it's like. I, I, I like watching a movie and then going to research what actually happened. Me too. And I actually have always, I, I disagree with this gentleman here because I, I have always pretty much since the IMDb age, I, I've like wanted to be less informed about a film before I go in. Cause you make preconceived notions about Absolutely. what should happen or what might happen. That sort of thing. I don't agree with that. No, I don't either. Number two here, he says, silence all digital devices. Colin, when you go see a movie, do you actually silence your phone as so that it won't vibrate if someone texts you or calls you? No, it vibrates. Um, 
Do you, I, cause I feel like I feel this way. I always keep it vibrating and stuff just in case something's happening. Yeah. So like, you know, if I get one phone call, I'm not going to walk out of the theater, no. but if it keeps ringing and ringing and ringing, I know something's up. Yeah. But to his point, so we will, we're going to do another movie next week, but I, we just got out of the theater and, uh, I was super. My phone was blowing up the whole movie, and I I was distracted. I started getting anxious about it. Hmm. Do you think there's any? You think it's fair to like just shut off your phone during a movie, or do you think I? Is it fair? Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's a rule that like should be like ironclad or like. I'm just saying, is emergency a valid? Is that like a super valid, important point or no? Mm, That's why I do it. Basically, no. I mean, it's two hours. Yeah. <laughs> what are you gonna accomplish, like in the two hours? That no, you let's like, be honest. No one's going to me for an emergency. <laughs> well, this is my other thing. You say is like, is it kept on? Uh, I, I don't have enough friends to like <laughs> to text me um, at all t- at all the, all the time. So no, it's the same friend. It's just Michael Cutler all the time. <laughs> um, but I don't have like any of my alerts set for anything else besides text or uh, a phone call. So like if I get like a Facebook message, it won't vibrate. If I get um oh mine all yeah I get all notifications. Oh, so I, every I time you guys annoy the shit out of me, I get a notification. I get a thing that pops up on the screen, yeah. but I I have it set to where it doesn't vibrate. You're right, and I forget I'm not in the norm <laughs> with that. I like have all my notifications. Yeah, so. yeah. Um, so it doesn't stress you out when you start getting texts. That's no, no. Okay, because he does so. say it's about like he says look. It's just two hours. You'll be fine. Absolutely. No big deal. Yeah, he's right there. I think I might start buying by that. Okay, this, I don't know what the fuck he's talking about. Allow the film to speak to you. <laughs> well, yeah. This sounds, this sounds like a more abstract thing. It has nothing to do with like distractions in the movie theater. He says, keep your eyes, ears, and mind open to what the movie is trying to do. Don't go to a mainstream comedy expecting Citizen Kane. <laughs> Or Citizen Kane expecting a mainstream comedy. I guess he's saying you need to go in knowing that you're seeing what genre and then allow it to, to seep into you. Yeah. I don't find that to be a distraction. No. You can I, switch that off. Yeah. I mean, yeah, no. Uh, no, that's not a distraction to me. And this isn't either, but I agree with it. Talk about the movie afterwards. Mm. Actually, the thing, a good thing, this is a good question about the movie going experience. It's almost a, always the most awkward part of a movie. And we when we did the live podcast at mjr the, the draw was like hey let's all sit here and talk about it yes when you go see a movie with someone and i just did this and he had to go so it's different but is it awkward when you want to talk about the movie right afterwards yes i i do but i also like it to like settle over me a little bit too to you know get a concrete like something that sounds well and like put together and like structured um, before I discard going, I like this. I like this. <laughs> well, there's always that slow, awkward walk to different cars yeah. when you see a movie and you're like, should we sit here and just yap about the movie in the lobby or what do we do now? Well, it also too, I think depends on the type of movie too. Like when we saw Dr. Strange last week, I mean, I, I had the jet out there because I did work the next morning at 6am yeah. and we saw a late show, but, um, I'm not like jumping at the bit to dissect Doctor Strange after I see it. I can wait to this podcast. I mean, I mean that's not saying I didn't, yeah no I know what I didn't you mean. enjoy it's the not movie. Like it's um, it wasn't like a Dark Knight movie. Yeah, but it, the movie that you saw today too that is that was definitely something I wanted to discuss after I saw. Yeah, it. yeah, right, right. Um, any other? Do you have any other tips to people for distractions in movie theaters? 
my I for me the distractions are never I mean because I'm a perfect person so like the distractions are are never I can handle everything that pertains to me like I can I know how to live with a vibrating phone I know how to live with with the movie my distractions are just everyone else fucks it up for me (laughs) so you actually do like it it takes if someone someone's talking or texting is that what you mean yes but I typically, I, I'm i very lucky because I always have Mondays off. So that's typically my day to go see a movie in the day. So your suggestion is? And I see an early, um, I see an early movie. Um, and typically the only people are there, there at 11 at a movie theater are older people. Mm-hmm. Um, and they sometimes have trouble walking upstairs. So I always sit in the very back so I can't hear anyone. Um, but it, older, these, see, these are tips. But older, you know what I've, no, you know, okay, I'm sorry. And in, I'm not going to name any names, but there are certain geographic locations that are older mm-hmm. that I don't like to go to. And it's nothing against all elderly listeners out there that listen to this podcast. Bitch, please. <laughs> but I'm saying it's, it's a truth. You get older, your hearing gets worse. And when couple, when older couples like to talk to each other about the movie, everyone can hear it. Yeah. Because <laughs> they're talking louder yeah. to hear it. I mean, it, 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 it's the same thing with children, too. I mean. Yeah. Well, children just have no sense of. Yeah. Yeah. Um, children are the worst. Oh, my God. I know. I'm kidding. I'm not. I spent my, my first weekend with my I nephew. I saw the pictures. Awesome. Nice. <laughs> he's really cute. Babies. He's not seeing a movie anytime soon. No. Um. Yeah, so basically only 20-somethings should see. <laughs> No, no, because I even hate... Because when okay. we saw Doctor... I, and here's my was my other thing with this. Um, I either will see a movie Monday in the very early morning, and I'm liking this late night Thursday going to see a movie because it's not too crowded, and the late later show, like tonight, Arrival is playing at 9.50. I think I'm going to see that because yeah. I don't think a lot of people are going to be there. It's like when I saw Star Wars... The night before it came out, like at ten or ten thirty, I was almost by myself in that theater, wow. and I was thrilled. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, and that was one I fully expected to be crowded for, and I accepted that. Yeah. Um, so when I wasn't, it was a very pleasant surprise. <laughs> um, but you know, but wait, are you saying when we saw Doctor Strange last Thursday that it was? It's. I was, was I was nervous at was, first. Yeah. I yeah. was nervous at first. There was a, the kids in front of us though, were high or something. I don't. What was up with them? I don't know. It was just like they were like ex- they were having extreme reactions to things that weren't that big of a deal. Yeah, get, and like no reaction to things that were yeah. actually like really cool. <laughs> yeah, it was weird. Like they were slightly younger than us. You know yeah, what I mean? like I, that age group is like. I look back and I'm like. I know we acted that way. No. <laughs> like <laughs> I had this moment when we saw Ted 2, my group of friends, that was last year. It was like, I think I said this on the podcast, but I, it, there was just, there were kids behind us that were clearly in high school and high. Uh-huh. Yeah. And uh, it was annoying as shit. But I was also like, uh, you know, looking at, I looked at all the people that were with me. And I was like, that was you guys. I used to come to movies all the time, and you guys acted this way, the way that they're acting. Oh you know, my. just laughing at things that aren't funny and being annoying and obnoxious. So what can you do? It's just oh, that's interesting. Part of the movie. Whenever I saw a movie high, I was like. 
<laughs> I, was, I stayed put. I didn't make a move or a sound. <laughs> it's interesting. Uh, we can go on for that. The movie going experience is interesting because it's changing. You talk about distractions. So uh, I had when we we did the Captain America live podcast. I did have a beer when I saw Captain America, mm-hmm. um, and I had a beer. I had before we saw Doctor Strange and yeah. during. Yeah, yeah. I got a little bit of a little buzz going. I got to say, like, that's something I don't, I don't want to be, I'm on this way with sporting events too. I don't want to be drunk at a sporting event. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be, I can't imagine getting really lathered up and going seeing a movie. No, like, that, that is like a distraction. Yeah. Like, holy shit. Coffee is my new, when we started doing this podcast, two things were new to my movie going experience. Going alone and drinking coffee during a movie. Mm-hmm. Both amazing, actually. Yep. Yep. And, and I, I'm going to say this to people who are listening because I know a lot of people don't do this because it's weird social stigma. But seeing a movie alone, no offense, Colin. I mean, I, like, I love seeing movies with you. It's great. And no offense to anyone I see movies with because obviously I'm going to do it. But it is pretty awesome to go see a movie alone. Oh, yeah. It is. I mean, we know what's, you're not talking Wait, to people. What am I going to talk? Yeah, what, yeah, what am I going to talk to someone about? <laughs> I got to say, too, dating, movie dates. Don't do them. It's, it is. I, I, I've only done it in high school. I mean, I, don't really, I never really went on dates anyways. But I'm just saying that, like, it never, it doesn't make sense to me. What, no. do, you, what do you do? Why? No. Why? I don't need to sit in a dark room with you and watch a movie in public. Yeah. Like, if I'm dating someone and going on a date, I'm going to, like, want to, like, talk to talk. them and get to know them. Right. <laughs> So, you Tinderers out there, don't suggest movies. No. I suggest a lot of unless, other things. Unless you're trying to figure out if they have the same taste in movie of you, which is important. Yeah, that's it. it is. Yeah. Definitely important. Yeah. Um, one more. Let's go to one more piece of news before we get to Doctor Strange, because I, I think it's interesting. It's uh, Tom Holland's Spider-Man movie is coming out next year, and it's been announced that he's been signed to six... I don't think additional, so I think six movies total. That's including Spider-Man, as, <laughs> as you spit out. Spit take. <laughs> um, the first question I have for you before we get into Doctor Strange is that is that, you know does that seem like holy shit? That's a lot of movies. Seems to me like holy shit. That's a lot of Spider-Man. Well, right. So it's a lot of movies for Spider-Man to yeah. be in. Because I don't. You're not reading in the. You're not reading into this. That means there's going to be six solo Spider-Man movies, right? No, no. I thought it would be like because they have the Avengers, Avengers with the yeah. Infinity War. Yeah. That's a two-parter, so that's two of them right there, I guess. And then he has the solo one, which which is coming out next year. But so that wasn't included. No, in I think contract. it is included. Okay, well that's like half of them. So, so. it seems kind of normal. <laughs> but here's my not my hot take, but um, kind of like you know, kind of like Daisy Ridley and uh, uh, John Boyega, I think. You know, and I know Tom Holland's already been in a movie, but when he's the lead of the Spider-Man movie, and I can already tell, I don't know if you've been watching his, like, they're kind of starting the press thing a little bit. He's kind of going around being a spokesperson for Marvel, uh, sort of. Yeah, yeah, okay. He's very obviously a charismatic dude, and he's going to have a bright future ahead of him. My thing is, this is super smart for Marvel, because in a, in a sports analogy way, you know, Spider-Man's going to be his career year. And everyone's gonna want to get him into a movie. I'm just saying, if if they didn't sign him before this, I feel like he could pull a lot of dough from them. Mm-hmm. He could say, "Look, I made that. You see that box office draw? That's on me. If you want me in the other movies, you're gonna have to pay up." Yeah. So I'm actually interested that he even signed to more because I feel like if yeah. his movie is as good as 
Right? He's already in. He was already in the one. What are yeah, they going to do? Recast him? He was already... Well, they could. They recast... They recast um, Edward Norton as Mark Ruffalo. That's in the same universe. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, that. I mean, that, that was years apart, number yeah. one. And I'm not saying they're going to recast. I'm just saying yeah. that, like... I feel like he could have waited out here and been like, look, I'm a fucking superstar now because that movie was huge. And yeah. I don't know what he got. I'm sure he got a shit ton of money. Yeah, I'm, but I'm sure he's saying, not hurting. <laughs> you know. Did they already film Infinity War? No. Okay. No, I think that I think that's filming next year. Okay. Or something like that. Um, There's just some interesting Marvel news. Let's get into the movie, shall we? Okay. Let's do it. Speaking of Marvel. Speaking of Marvel, uh, what we saw this week was Doctor Strange, um, which I don't think, and you can disagree with me or I would like to hear your thoughts, I don't think this had the marketing momentum that most other Marvel movies have. Let's just, do you think it did or? Wrong. <laughs> I mean, compared to no, like. No, I'm kidding. No, I think you're right. <laughs> I mean, clearly it's not going to have what Captain America had. Yeah. But I don't. I think that Ant Man felt more like it was being pushed. Oh, really? That was a summer movie, though, mm-hmm. which is different than right now. No, that's true. I no. I think you're you're right there. But I just got the sense. I no. I get that. I'm. I but I also didn't feel like Ant Man had a big push to me too. But this is this is what I've noticed recently too, and I especially noticed it during the you know to bring up the erection again. But um. Yeah. <laughs> but he means election. Yeah. <laughs> but um this is something I noticed on Sunday and Monday when I was actually watching um TV, network TV. I don't see commercials anymore, which I love. But so I don't see movie advertisements anymore. Yeah. So I, I think, maybe I'm not think, a good no, judge think, for I, this. I think you're right. I think marketing is I think it's changed a lot. I think it's more it's more social media yeah. and and you just know it's happening and people just, I think people sp- probably spend less on it too because it's like, again, it's word of mouth. Everyone knows it's coming. Yeah. Anyways, th- th- is, as much as it wasn't pushed in our faces, it did really well at the box office. And uh, I do think there was, I think critically there was a lot of hype for this movie just based on the way it looked. Benedict Cumberbatch is in it. Tilda Swinton's in it. Um, it seems like if any Marvel movie was going to have a lot of critical acclaim, this could be it. And mm-hmm. they do all have critical acclaim. I mean, they all get good reviews yep. on Rotten Tomatoes. Yep. So we saw it. Um, did you have any preconceived thoughts going into this? No, I was really, really excited going into it. Oh, you were? Because I am big fans of um, Cumberbatch and Swinton. And um, I was... The visuals in the trailer got me really excited, so I mean, I was really, really excited going into this. That's why I joined you. So you were, <laughs> you were, I mean, because usually, not that you're like care, like you don't care or like don't want to see these movies, but you're not always jazzed about new Marvel. Movies. No, no, yeah. But no. this one got your attention. Yeah, I, it was. Yeah, because um, it was, like, it was, it because I could tell by the trailers that it just looked different. Right, and um, which I would, I can't wait to talk about because mm-hmm. the look is the movie in a mm-hmm. lot of ways. Um, so let's get into it. Uh, directed by Scott Derrickson, who did uh, Sinis- the Sinister movies. Uh, have you ever seen those? No. Uh, like horror movies, I think, right? Yeah, I think with like slugs or something. Um, he did The Day the Earth Stood Still with Keanu Reeves. Did you see that? Oh, no. Exorcism of Emily Rose. I did see that one. Okay. Good movie? Scary? Freaky? Interesting. 
Okay. That was years I mean, ago. You know, which is interesting. I mean, he comes from a horror background, it seems, which is interesting to me. Um, also written by um, John, Sp- I think you pronounce Spates. I think that's that's how he wrote it, and uh, he wrote. He also wrote Prometheus, um, and he's got a few movies coming out, which is the Mummy reboot, um, Passengers, Van mm. Helsing, and pac- the next Pacific Rim movie he wrote. Um. So <laughs> sorry. <laughs> so. Uh, <laughs> That's who helmed this. Obviously, Marvel, all that stuff. Benedict Cumberbatch, uh, Rachel McAdams, also in this movie. What do we think? Um, we saw it together, Colin. What are your initial thoughts on Doctor Strange? Um, I um, initial thoughts on this. Um, yeah, I I really enjoyed myself watching this movie. Um, when I was watching it, I was having fun. I was super impressed by the visuals. Um, they're they're really stunning, and it's really some of the most interesting and imaginative set action pieces that Marvel has ever done. Maybe it is. I mean, maybe I'll just say that maybe it is the most interesting and conceptual um, action set pieces it they've ever done. Um, it's darker. It feels a little different. Um, than some of the other Marvel movies. I, 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 I mean, I'm going back in my head. I, I, yeah, it doesn't. There's so really. many at this point. Yeah, but um, <laughs> when I was watching, I, I felt like this is different. This is new, maybe because it was a new character that I have no idea of anything. Yeah. Um, previously going into it, and Cumberbatch kills it. He's perfect for it. Swinton is on point. Um. It's a it's a really enjoyable um, movie that deals with a lot of you know, subject matters and um, you know ways of thinking that are really really interesting and um, you don't get a lot in movies, let alone in a blockbuster superhero movie. Yeah, I would agree. I I'll say uh, I really liked. I, I mean, I loved it. I liked this movie. I I would place it. I would place it in top six of my favorites Mm -hmm. let's just say that i mean i I love i love most of these movies um but it did feel different it felt real different um and that's probably why i liked it i mean i i think i mostly liked it because of the visual elements i mean you knew what you were going to get from benedict cumberbatch and you knew you were going to get from tilda swinton and they both did a really good job i mean those are they're they're the mvps of the film Mm -hmm. for sure but also i mean just shout out to the art department and the visual effects people honestly like um and we'll get into it. I think a lot of people are going to compare it to a f- few films, but I, I don't, I mean, it's fair and obviously there's some inspiration here, but there's something really unique about the way they use the look, like, like the way that the action scenes are literally throwing buildings at each other and stuff. I mean, that's nothing I've ever seen before. Yeah. I mean, I've never seen that. And again, with you, I don't know anything about Dr. Strange character. Um, I, uh, I, so I had nothing to bring into it. So I, I, don't, I don't know if these things are in the comics. These, you know, I love basically the middle scene where they're fighting, where where Mads Mikkelsen is chasing them in the mirror realm, and he's and he's like literally throwing these. Buildings. Oh yeah, and they're walking. I mean, it's um, amazing. Yeah, yeah. It's absolutely amazing. And so I don't know if that's the something from the comic books. If it is, it's great. If not, I mean the, the the imagination that went into that and the application of it. It seems so seamless. It's pretty amazing. So I enjoyed it a lot. Um, let's first bring up, um, because when we did Captain America 3, 
which was the last film we, the last Marvel film we saw. And I think the last one that came out. I mean, Luke Cage TV show was in between that, but there wasn't like a middle summer one this year. No, there wasn't. Yeah, which is interesting. Um, I think your criticism, correct me if I'm wrong, was mostly for that film was it's starting to feel like TV. Like you need to have seen the ones before this to really get what was going on. Yep. And I agreed with you, but I thought I thought for sure that's just how it is from now on. And every Marvel movie is going to be like that. I wrote, I blogged that. Mm. I was like, fucking, this origin story shit is over. Doctor Strange, man. It's, yeah. I think, and I honestly think that's why it initially felt very different for me because I haven't seen this um, type of, <laughs> this type of Marvel movie in a very long time. It's a straight up origin story. I mean, it's a little, it's a very repetitive and like, you know, bare bones. Like, of course, this is like how an origin story begins. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that's what it felt different, and it felt so different because there was no other people in it. That's what I mean. There's almost there's no, no there's almost no connection to the Avenger universe in this film, except yeah. for the end credits and a mention of the Avengers. They do say the Avengers, mm-hmm. which I thought was interesting, though. They said the Avengers fight the physical issues; we fight dimensional. Yeah. you know, that yeah, just they, actually like makes sense. Yeah, they, and they worked that in there very seamlessly. They didn't draw too much attention to yeah. it, and it, like they just accepted that this was in the same. World, right? And they mention Infinity Stones, which is like this this mm-hmm. thread that's leading up to Infinity Wars. Whatever. Yeah, but you didn't need to know. You did not need to no. know. You, I, I think maybe for the first time in a long time, this is the first Marvel movie you can see, and not even it doesn't it does not connect. And in it, it does, but it doesn't. You don't yeah. need to see any ones, and that was pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, in not knowing Doctor Strange, I, I never got the feeling of fan service too much in here. Mm. Um. Which is very nice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it felt like its own movie. Yeah. Which is cool. Um, I Just because you said it, it, there is... It's strange that we, we talk about how different the movie is, and, and in a way, it's not. I mean, it isn't. I mean, you've got arrogant rich guy who has a vehicular accident, and he has to find a new way to go on with his ailment, mm-hmm. which is really the plot of Iron Man. Uh, yeah, but again, you kind of lost in it. You don't really, when you're watching the movie, you're like, this doesn't seem different. No. Did you? I mean, looking back on it, do you feel like it, it, it was predictable? You know that that sort of thing. I, I I do think it was predictable, but I think, and I, I feel like this maybe been intentional and obviously planned out, but um, that they knew that 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 was a, an origin story narrative that we've seen before, but balanced with the visuals made it seem fresh and new. Right. You talked, well, you talked about in your first thoughts, how like um, it touches on things that you don't normally see in superhero movies, that mm. sort of thing. And what, what was like, where did you see that? Religion, life, death. This um, sort of like interstellar, inner dimensional yeah like very like conceptional like like ways of thinking um i mean i can't recall any of the like tilda swinton's character's lines but some of her lines i remember hearing and thinking like oh wow that was pretty profound sounding yeah like yoda-esque yeah something that you would put on a t-shirt yeah (laughs) like Um, 
I felt that was that was very different um, from Marvel or DC or any, any type of blockbuster to to do that and tackle you know yeah. religion and you know conceptual ways of thinking is is something different in in blockbusters at least that I can remember. Well, like I mean, they said, I mean, it, it was like more about like learning and like getting into them. It was it was it was more like the Matrix than it was like. Oh, there's a bad guy. We need to stop him. Mm-hmm. You know, it seemed more existential, which I thought was super interesting. Yeah. Um. I so the, the design, the look. Um. Like, what was your favorite part about it? And or like, what seemed fresh to you? My my favorite part about it was how they managed to like work building designs into like repetitive like kaleidoscope looking super cool things like they use like archways in like a very unique way and um um, wood like in a very unique way yeah um i also thought some of the editing was really you know yeah not ballsy editing but ballsy for a franchise superhero movie Especially at the end scene where he keeps, you know, coming back and like that was, I mean, that, and I don't want to say experimental, but it's like, it's very conceptual. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. And the, the and the whole time I'm thinking of this, I'm like, this is so unlike a lot of things what we've said in previous episodes when we talk about Marvel movies that they feel so cookie cutter. That like this is like the first time where it felt to me the director came to them and with all this stuff and they just let them do it. Yeah. The thing, I mean, the thing at the end where he keeps coming back and back and like, just he's using time to, as a weapon of inconvenience was really fucking cool. Yeah. It wasn't the climatic, like rock'em sock'em ending to a superhero movie. I mean, there is some buildings crushing and a little bit of that, but not in that particular part of um, of the climax. feel more contained the way that like ant-man felt more contained i still felt like and and they get a there's a cool way around it which is the mirror realm right which mm-hmm. is that like anything that happens inside this world doesn't they, happen in the yeah, real world it, yeah and that was a that's a much much smarter way of getting around the over destruction problem than just yes. exposition saying oh there's no one in the city at this time yeah yeah Batman versus <laughs> <laughs> um and going on that too i liked this kind of rubbed me the wrong way when it happened, but then when I saw how they did it, when um, Strange, and I forget she would tell Edgy Ford's character's name, which we'll talk about that character later, I'm sure. Um, when they like finally get back together and um, they're like, we need to go to Hong Kong. And they arrive in Hong Kong and like everything's already destroyed. I'm like, well, what the fuck? Like, yeah. <laughs> that was that was like a big like what moment? Like, right. we're not gonna see all that. But I, looking back at it, it's like I like that we didn't see all that because we're so used to seeing all that building mm. destruction that the climax actually takes place during everything coming back together. That is so a, cool. That is really interesting. Yeah. yeah. Huh. Little twist on the uh, expectation of what would happen at the end of a, of a movie like this. Um, did you? Th- I mean, do you think? I mean, I think a lot of people. Drew, drew these comparisons from the trailer. Do you think this movie, like, like, do you think Inception super influenced the look of this movie in terms of like buildings that you know? There's that scene in Inception where 
Well, it's hard to say because one, I don't know what, what the, the comic, comic books so. are drawn. Um, but yeah, I, like, guess, I, mean, I like, guess my point is, did it seem? Because I think some people are like, "Oh God!" Like we've seen this before. I, this was to me seemed a little bit more imaginative than Inception. Yeah. Where I mean, Christopher Nolan's thing is you know realism amongst you know you know the surreal. Yeah, that makes sense. More grounded. Yeah, yeah, yeah practical effects, and even when you're flipping a city on top of each other, where this one, you know, took. Things and like, may I don't know. It's, it's very hard to. Describe. It uses movement. Like everything seemed to be moving all yes. the time. Like you're saying the kaleidoscope thing. Like yeah. buildings are literally circling around each other, and and it like changed shapes. Like in Inception, things just kind of like go upside down a little bit in that mm-hmm. one scene. Yeah. In this movie, it seemed like squares became circles and triangles, and like very very interesting to look at. One more thing on the look. I haven't seen it again, but I kind of want to be like. This is a movie I want to see in 3D because of these, like these, you know, these little like glowy shields they have and stuff, mm-hmm. and the, like the swords and whatever. There's so much depth to it in 2D. Like yeah. I could see that, it, like they made it look real 3D-ish. I would, I don't know. I just feel like there's some movies that lend to it. Yeah, I would like to see this in 3D. I'm like, it looks too sick. If I see it you think it'd be deep too overwhelming? <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, it was already like really intense and layered in 2D. Like yeah. you said that. Yeah. Um, what? And maybe this will transition into the non-Tilda Swinton and uh, Benedict Cumberbatch characters. But what? What didn't you like? I mean, what? What took away from you, or you know, um, where they missed the mark? The I, I like like we said before that how it is a kind of a I think what held what held held it back from being really great yeah that's I, right. uh, is um is the repetitive origin type story as far as you know beats of the story goes mm. um we that strange for like the first like twenty minutes is so unlikable. You think he's so almost like unlikable. too unlikable, but I, I get why they way. have to do it because they like they have to make him like so desperate to like and unlikable to the point where then he gets rebuilt. It just seems like they did it so fast, but I get why they do it so fast. It's because we it's a two hour movie it's that like it's just one thing after another. Like just he was like, he's like I'm the best cockiest surgeon. And he's like, ah, woe is me. And then, like, breaking up with, not even breaking up, it's like ruining a friendship with Rachel McAdams' character over, like, something so minuscule and stupid. Yeah. That I was like, this guy's a fucking dick. Right. Cumberbatch I, I, plays it really well. Yeah, he does. And I, I wonder, I mean, when you think of Benedict Cumberbatch, do you think good guy or bad guy? Like, do you... I think, like, a little bit both. Because I, I see, and I know he plays Sherlock. You know? That's, yeah. That's, but I that's see my him as, I see him, because he's got this deep, scary voice. I see him as a, an antagonist, as a person. Like, I would typecast him as a bad guy. Yeah. That makes sense. I, the reason I say this is because I would typecast Robert Downey Jr. as a good guy. Like, he seems like funny guy at the party guy mm. all the time, obviously. Right. And I just look at these two characters, Tony Stark and uh, Stephen Strange. And you, my point is, you think he was such a dick in the first twenty minutes. And I think when you watch Iron Man, you don't think he's that much of a dick, but he is. He he's is. Like, but he's like a charming. But what's one. so funny about that too is that 
Tony Stark builds weapons and they get sold to different countries and terrorists and stuff like that. And like Stephen Strange is like <laughs> saving fucking <laughs> lives. It's like he's a good guy. Like he actually is. Yeah, yeah. But there's something about Benedict Cumberbatch. One question while we're on the subject: American accent with, with him, pretty good, seamless, pretty good. Yeah, yeah. jarring at first for yeah. me. Yeah, I guess I haven't seen him do an American accent that much. Maybe I know he has, but yeah, very good, yeah. awesome. Um, I, I like. I forgot. Like it was like, yeah, you're from New York. Like, mm-hmm. Sure. Um, but while we're also on the subject, and this is what my, I think where I felt the movie was. I thought I thought at the end of it, it didn't feel like this going into it, like going through the movie. It felt very natural and and important. But at the end of the movie, I was like, "Why was Rachel McAdams' character in this movie?" Agree. It it felt like the obligatory love story. But I also felt this, and I'm not just saying this because they're a male and female character in a movie. And I'm not just saying this because they hold hands. I felt there was this kind of like, there was, I, not that there was, but there was more of a romance or chemistry between him and Tilda Swinton than there really was between him and, and Rachel McAdams. It's at least, like, even just affection. Because mm-hmm. I didn't feel like they're, that Rachel McAdams and, and Benedict Cumberbatch's I just didn't. It wasn't there to me. Like yeah, like but it, I, and I and I but I also don't think the script even like allowed that for it. No, not at all. Um, so yeah, they, they, I don't think they ever kissed or like. You, what I got from it was that you know they they were a thing at one point, but they realized that they were much better, you know as partners but but i think in future movies we're gonna get them together well, of course and, and you, but, but you and you said it like when he when they have this breakup you corrected yourself and said well really friendship because we don't i we don't get the implication that they're like lovers yeah no but then i don't know why it's so weird it's like very weird i in a way i respect it right like they're not i like you say they don't kiss i don't think no. and um it's not a love story, but it is. It is. That's it's it's just go strange. go like, one of the other way, like yeah. either way. Don't have it be because then she just seems useless. It's and same. I don't want to say that, but like if you were if you were writing her and you wanted them to be, you know, friends and colleagues and be respectful of each other in their given profession, she could have been a way more like sarcastic, funny, like grounded, like real character rather than the, you know this aloof like yeah there to serve him kind of guy yeah yeah and i i keep forgetting the um and there's all my all the people i've taken feminist classes will, will, will scorn me for this it's the type of it's a test where back to, back to test. Yeah, yeah yeah that's it that's it thank you <laughs> um and where like is if a woman is present on screen is she ever not present on screen without the man being there and is are they talking about things other than relationship and i'm trying to figure out if this one passes this movie does not pass I, no i don't stuff. think it does no because there are not two women on screen talking about something other than relationships no, no way no. no no and i would i would say i don't think a lot of marvel movies do no it's a problem it Mar- it is a problem in marvel movies the bechtel test female representation in marvel movies is, is an issue i mean really Racial representation in Marvel movies has not been good. It's great in the TV shows. It's really great in the TV shows. But, um, yeah, I just don't know what her I just her character. Yeah. Speaking of, like, um, genders and everything during the role, I kind of wish that they 
didn't say that till this went to was even a woman. You know, and they didn't for a really I, long I do time. Think, I do, and think. then they did. Oh, okay, because I was thinking the same thing. I was like, it wasn't until like every when everything starts to go awry, she will tell Edria Force character goes, and she's been here forever. Like, I mean, like uses the pronoun. Yeah, was, yeah, yeah. She, they use she or her. Yeah, like You're I just right. wish they would just would have left that. They just keep saying the ancient one. Or, yeah, because like, she. I mean, with her voice and what she's saying and every the way that Tilda carried herself. I mean, she you know transcended sexuality and yeah. No, I I agree that that's kind of not a lost opportunity, but like there could have been more. I mean, just like she's just an entity. Yeah, you know, like, yeah. I mean, because there's a lot of mystery to that character still. Like, not I appreciate that too. There wasn't a lot answered about what really went on over there because mm-hmm. there's this implication that she's kind of in on it and then she's not. Right? Yeah. Like with the bad guy in the sky. <laughs> That's another kind of complaint. I don't really, I, I don't really understand what's going on. <laughs> you know what though? But I, it, there's, there's a lot of confusion. But th- in a movie that uses time and space as a weapon, like it makes sense that it kind of all is a clusterfuck. But it does still seem, it's still understandable. Like you can still follow it, you yeah. Know what I mean? Yeah. Just in terms of like what's happening, where kind of thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of location hopping here too, and I don't ever feel no jarred like I have in previous Marvel movies. I just the real thing I didn't understand was how they were drawing energy from the bad guy, like at points. Like, how does that work? Yeah. I don't know. And how? I mean, like Benjamin Bratt's character, like how. How was he doing that? Like, yeah, I, I don't know. He was playing basketball. Was he playing basketball and drawing energy at the same time? How do you do that? Right. Uh, just is. He just do. It just is. It's like the Star Wars. Like when something is not explained in Star Wars, people are just like, it's the will of the force. It's the force. Duh. Um, let's talk about Chibatel Edge Four's uh character, which I, you had complaints with. I did. Um, nothing. Which, spoilers. I, Nothing against um, she would tell LJ yeah. for of, of course, um, but um, and I I, I I I liked him for a lot of it, um, kind of like this semi like teacher that isn't the the ancient one to Cumberbatch's character, but then his transition at the end and especially during the end credit scene was just so such a disservice to any character that you would put a major character and i just i never you could you, you kind of see it in the in the tail end of the movie about when he when he learns what tilda swinton's doing um drawing the energy from the bad guy but um i never bought his transition to that to essentially him now being the bad guy right Bad. that's what happens right. at the end yeah. he basically says fuck this shit everything i knew was a lie Kind of. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, there's no, I don't, I have no defense of this. Like, I don't know. I think I'm with you. Like, the two things that make this movie not great, but good, like really good, but not super great is is Rachel McAdams and, and Chiwetel Ejiofor. Like, I, they're characters. Yeah. I just don't, under, I don't understand his motive there at the end. It seemed very, it seemed like we're setting up a sequel. Yeah. Yeah. Which, you know, you can do it, but you can do it with like servicing your character properly. Yeah, like, no, I mean, like, like the arc makes sense in terms of like that's interesting. You just didn't see didn't why. buy the yeah. yeah, and I 
like I can get him being mad and leaving the leaving the the sanctuary and and not practicing anymore but then to make that switch to I'm going to punish people who do this is I just don't buy that yeah, at all. I, I didn't either. And it sucks that that's at the end of the movie cuz that's, yeah. that's like your last taste of it. Which yeah. sucks actually. Yeah. Yeah, it's like and if it's, and th- I mean I love I it's fun watching Marvel like tease the things but it's and I don't think it was bad when cuz Thor was in Thor, there's two end credits. Yeah, sequences. yeah. There's one in the middle and there's one at the end. And there's end credit sequences that work that are funny that are like tidbits for like the fans and like which kind of can kind of tease, you know, like what's going, what's going, what you'll be seeing next, but tease it in a funny way that doesn't really have any bearings on the story. But then it, we and we've been getting this lately with a few of them have these end credit scenes that are like so crucial to like. The, the story so the, and the characters it's, yeah, it's almost like, yeah that like if this you're like you're telling me that this is important enough to include in an end credit sequence and it's important enough that you were going to have a following movie based on it but we're going to tuck it into the credits in like a 20 second scene right like <laughs> put it in the movie yeah that's the movie <laughs> i mean i think that it's, you're talking about with chioto his edge of his End credit scenes. That we were saying, like, yeah. that is the movie. Like that should have been the end of the movie. Yeah. Right. I know. I, I agree. Whereas the the Chris Hemsworth part, that's just fun. That yeah. That teases. Filling up the beer. Like yeah. it's funny. It's like, hilarious. Yeah. I agree. Very. It's it's weird. And I I I, I can't recall them off the top of my head, but I I'm I'm pretty. Sure we've been getting more and more like serious ones that aren't. Like that should, yeah. The, yeah, that are tucked in uh, at the very tail end. Well, Ant Man, I mean, it was with the Wasp, the female character. She like, she yeah. finds her. Yes, and, like, that's a huge moment. Yeah, and, like, that's the movie. And also, like, can you imagine if you didn't see the end? Like, I, I mean, well, yeah, what are we going like, in? Yeah. You walk into the next Doctor Strange movie, and you, what? <laughs> right, right, right. No, it's true. It's, yeah, I don't know, but they can't stop that now. Yeah. People literally, and it's someone who who was like, like I sit, I try to sit through all the credits all the time. But it is, I guess, the thing I respect about it is that it does keep people in their seats. Yeah, not like anyone really is reading all those names and being like, oh, thank you, thank you, thank <laughs> there you. There was so you, many you, names this time too. I mean, of course, there's a lot of names of me, but the, it's not. The, you there was like a, a point where it was like ten seconds where it was just a wall. Of oh names. yeah, yeah. All the visual <laughs> like, effects are like, wow, <laughs> ridiculous. Um, all deserving of credits. And I'll tell you, too, that even on movies this big, people don't get credited that should. Mm. It is unbelievable sometimes how that stuff gets through. Um, any other thoughts on Doctor Strange? Anything else you would want to bring up? Um, No. <laughs> I, 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 really en- I did yeah. re- just really enjoy this movie. Um, I thought this was interesting. Michael Cicchino, <gasps> yes. who... Is going to do Rogue One, who does Star Trek. He's J.J. Abrams' guy. Um, and to be honest with you, is probably the guy out there right now in film composing. He did the music for this. Um, I think, and I didn't do any research on this. I'm looking really quick. I think this is Michael Giacchino's first Marvel movie. Probably my biggest jab at Marvel and 
Alan Silvestri, who did Back to the Future and Forrest Gump and a lot of those movies uh, for Robert Zemeckis and is a great composer. He did The Avengers. Even still, there's been this like lack of opportunity to make theme, make memorable themes right. for these characters. And even in this movie, not much. I mean, it sounded like Star Trek to me. It sounded super like Star You're Trek to me. You're very right, yeah. Um, so, I don't know, I, but I'm excited. I'm excited that Michael Giacchino is part of the Marvel family and that he's going to be out there making some badass themes, hopefully. Yeah, the only one I can think of is like the the Avengers theme. Yeah, which is just like horns. Yeah, I mean it's <laughs> not it's not too too memorable, anyways. So that's a cool little thing, though. I'm glad glad oh. he's getting involved. Nice. Um. All right. Well, recommend. I I absolutely do. Yeah, yeah. I I do too, and I I might want to go see it. I mean, Lord knows I need some escape. Um. Mm. <laughs> Let's. Uh, I guess we wrap. I guess we wrap up with recommendations, which we do every week. I'm not trying to sound defeated or anything. I. I. I'm gonna. I haven't. I haven't watched much. Um, no. No. I haven't watched much. I have listened to Black America again, Common's new album, and I bring that up because I bring That's that up. Said my name for time. Like what? No. <laughs> Colin with I don't an, remember doing that. <laughs> Colin with an M. <laughs> I uh, I bring that up because uh, there's a song at the end that, that was in 13th. It was in the end credits of 13th, the movie we saw. Was that the last movie we, we reviewed? We recorded, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I guess I'll recommend that album because I'm, I'm listening to it right now. I really enjoy it. Um, I think a lot of Common's new stuff I really I haven't gotten that into, to be honest with you. I like his old stuff. Mm. But this is a, it's a good, it's a really well-produced album. Also, and I know this is not a music podcast, but Alicia Keys' Here is a really, it's beautiful really love it great it's on spotify everyone go check it out i will check that out it's great nice um, yeah sometimes i recommended some goddamn music this hey. week hey. colin what are you recommending um i'm going to recommend on amazon prime if you subscribe to amazon prime i haven't confirmed this but um when i brought it up they have every james bond on there really? right now everyone damn uh, i started watching dr no the other night Nice. I'm just going to just try to work my way through them and nice. see how far I get. Um, so those are on there. Colin, as a, as a huge James Bond fan, um, I will say before you start this venture, look, um, I would say maybe the majority of the movies aren't great movies. Oh, I know this. Yeah. No question. <laughs> I would say also, though, that Dr. No from Russia with Love and Goldfinger, the first three, they're not your. They're not your James Bond movies. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. They're not yeah. Pierce Brosnan. They're not Daniel Craig James Bond movies. Yeah. They're more like slow burning espionage movies, but they're good. There's yeah. a couple scenes in Doctor No which are like, damn, that was cool. Like he is a cool guy. Yeah. Also, I mean, if you started watching Doctor No, I did. I maybe got 20 minutes into it and I started falling asleep. Did you get Ursula Andrews? No, no, no. I can't wait for that. Actually. I mean, you know, it's that's a landmark moment. I'm in, so in excited cinema. to get there. I mean, which, you know, you could talk about the objectif- objectification of women and stuff. But it's also like, hell yeah. She was basically the biggest badass coming out of the ocean in that, in that yeah. bikini. So it's a, a good moment in cinema, to be honest with you. So looking forward to hearing what you think. I'm very, you know, I'm very You're going to find, sorry, I hate to give my opinion on Dr. No, but you're going to find too about Dr. No. A lot of Austin Powers one is derived from Doctor No. So yeah, you're gonna yeah. you're gonna be like, wow, I get that joke now. Yeah, 
even down to like the design of costumes and stuff. <laughs> All right. Let's get out of here and get back to the real world. No, please, no. Um, we'll be back uh, maybe next week uh, with another episode. If you guys have suggestions for us, um, thoughts on these movies that we're seeing, hit us up at woodwardsfilmcast.com or at Twitter at woodwardsdt. We've got Moonlight. We've got Hacksaw Ridge in the future. We've got Arrival. So many movies to go see. So many great movies that we were expecting to see. So we'll be here to cover them all. Colin, I had a pleasure doing this with you. It's always good to, good to have some fun right now. We'll uh, see you next week. Bye. Bye. Watch my daddy in bed at time. Watch his head. been a woodwardsdetroit.com production your detroit avenue to alternative pop culture talk